the Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Season 2 of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. Scott Graham and Caitlin Kessheimer behind the mic. Caitlin, how's it going? Good. I'm excited to be back again for Season 2 of our podcast, which means people are listening to us somewhere. Yeah, that's what they tell us anyway. Well, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we've got Dr. Rishi Prasad. Rishi, how's it going? It's going great. Um, it's, it's a great year, and I'm excited about this year. Yeah, so we're in February of 2022, um, and we're going to talk about fertilizer today. When that comes to mind, I keep thinking about all the talk the last couple of months about fertilizer prices. Um, what do you recommend for how to deal with those prices that are at an all-time high right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, fertilizer prices are definitely, um, you know, they're skyrocketing and high uh, over the past several months now. And uh, this is a very different and a unique year because now uh, the same fertilizer that you purchased last year, now you have to pay the double uh, the amount of money uh, for nitrogen or for phosphorus. Uh, so it's going to be a very challenging year for the producers because they have to come up with a game plan on on uh, what what is the best option for them in terms of management practices. So, Arisha, we know something that you do a lot of work with is uh, with chicken litter and, and stuff. And I'm going to tell a, a very brief story that's going to sound a little embarrassing for me, but just bear with me. So last week, uh, Dr. Eros Francisco and I were coming back from a meeting in Tuscaloosa County, and we were talking about he had heard you speaking somewhere. And and when Eros was describing to me kind of what your talk was, it kind of clicked in my head of, hey, when we're short on nitrogen, we can increase nitrogen production. We can try to make more. With chickens, can't really make them produce more, I'll say, litter, and we'll, we'll try to stay. Very scientific here. Yeah. Well, you, you can't just make them produce more litter, right? So how how are prices going to be affected by what I assume will be a higher demand in uh, litter? Yes, absolutely. Right now, it's a demand versus supply game. You know, a lot of producers uh, are, are kind of moving towards reserving litter uh, from the poultry growers uh, in, in an anticipation that uh, some of these higher uh, fertilizer prices that are in the market, they can compensate by adding or using litter itself. Higher amount of litter does not necessarily means that you can compensate all the nitrogen requirements of the plant just by using chicken litter. Uh, that's not going to happen. And, and one of the important reasons is uh, litter has most of the nitrogen uh, in organic form. You know, If you look into the composition of litter, it is made up of uh, the spilled feeds, the chicken poop, itself, uh, which has creatine and urea and ammonia, and, and these get converted into simple nitrogen ammonium, and, and that's what the plant needs. Um, and uh, mineralization is the factor that drives uh, the breakdown of these organic uh, nitrogen compounds into simple uh, nitrates and ammonium. So if you put or apply too much of litter in an anticipation that you are trying to cut down on your fertilizers, probably that's not going to work out really well because the more the litter you apply, uh, that litter has to break down as well. 
uh, and the microbes that are in the soil, they are the ones that break that litter. So necessarily, you know, if you're putting too much food to the microbe, it doesn't mean that they're going to chew it and break down it in the same rate. Uh, so you have to be careful when it comes to applying a lot versus what is the most appropriate rate uh, in terms of litter application. Let's talk about uh, rates then. Um, if you're applying chicken litter, how much should growers apply? So one ton of chicken litter has 60 pounds of nitrogen, 60 pounds of uh, phosphorus, and around 40 pounds of potash. But they are, they are total and, and not the plant available. So they, they, they are total. Most growers typically apply two tons of chicken litter, uh, two to three tons. And I feel like that is the right rate uh, to apply. Uh, you necessarily doesn't need to apply six tons or eight tons or dump like ton, truckloads of litter on your ground uh, just so that you don't need to apply any fertilizer, and that's not correct. Um, two tons in my mind, uh, and the research that I have done, it seems like it's, it's it, it does good because, again, you have to think that litter not only supplies nitrogen, but it also supplies phosphorus and potassium as well, um, and and the micronutrients. Are we talking specific crops here, or just in general? Or in in general, I will say, but uh, I mean, corn has a much higher nitrogen requirement, um, whereas cotton uh, may not have that high as corn. But what I just said, that you cannot use only litter to supply all the nitrogen needs of corn um, because the rate at which the plant demands the nitrogen is very different for corn. Corn is a hungry and a thirsty plant. Uh, we all know that. And uh, when you apply chicken litter in for corn production, the litter has to break down first, and the release rates of nutrients are very slow. So... Initially, it may happen that the amount of nutrient that is released from the litter may match the plant demand, but once the crop reaches knee-high stage, uh, the, the daily nitrogen requirements are like almost to a pound every single day. And just relying on litter uh, to, to, <clears throat> to supply that much of nitrogen probably is not a good idea. You mentioned the litter has to break down. Is there a set time you should apply that before the crop goes in the ground or the crop reaches a certain growth stage? So litter typically is applied before planting. And I would like to provide a very important information here. And, and, and that is litter, what we have seen, if you apply two to three weeks before planting, that's the sweet spot. And that's where most of the plants uh, get benefited out from litter application. Six months prior to planting probably is a really bad idea uh, for several reasons because the time you apply litter, depending upon the weather condition, it starts breaking. And if you are applying, say, for example, in winter months, you know what happens in Alabama in winter months. We get a lot of rain. So if you're applying litter in winter months, basically most of the nutrients are probably they're washing away from your field. Um, that's why I say like two to three weeks before planting is the sweet spot uh, for getting the maximum benefit from litter application. So one thing I've noticed 
as I've been kind of riding around during meeting season here is you see just big piles of chicken litter in fields. Are we starting to have some breakdown there? Does that have any effect? Yes, absolutely. I mean, most of the producers, they pile the litter in their field and definitely it kind of kicks the composting process because you're keeping it at in a certain place piling high. There are a lot of microbes uh, that are present naturally in the litter and they keep decomposing the organic matter. The problem is most of the nitrogen that is present in the litter, they are highly volatile just because the pH of the litter, the starting pH is very high. Uh, It runs around somewhere between 8 and 9. So when uh, litter which has a high pH, uh, at, at high pH, most of the ammonium does not exist as ammonium. It exists as ammonia gas. And, and that's the reason you might have, whenever you go to a litter pile, you, you smell the ammonia gas uh, that is coming out of the litter pile. So stockpiling litter in the field for several months probably is not a good idea because you lose the nitrogen value out of it. And if you are thinking of applying litter just for the nitrogen value, I will say that you need to discount at least 75% nitrogen out uh, from the total uh, nitrogen because composting in, during that process, you lose a lot of nitrogen. But the other nutrients like phosphorus and potassium, they will be retained. Uh, they are not going to go anywhere. If I get some litter from a chicken coop in East Alabama, should we expect similar levels of uh, nutrients as in North Alabama, or and should we test them? Absolutely. This is a really great question. Litter composition varies uh, quite a bit. You know, uh, I have a piece of... We did, we did a survey throughout the state, and we collected uh, litter from several houses, and there's a wide range of uh, nutrient, uh, especially in the numbers. Like, say, for example... The nitrogen ranges all the way from 34 pounds per ton to 66 pounds per ton. That's a doubling number, right? Like, uh, same thing with phosphorus. Uh, We see the numbers all the way from 38 uh, pounds per ton to 59 pounds. And then potassium, we see somewhere around uh, 46 pounds to 73 pounds. That's a lot of variation, you know? So... Grower, one thing should understand, whoever is buying litter, is they should check with the poultry producer that how long the litter stayed in the house before it was cleaned. Did they clean after six or seven flocks, or did they clean after like a year or two years or three years? Many poultry producers are kind of moving towards a practice where they are cleaning houses after three years. But then there are several incidences, like say, for example, there's a disease incidence, and that forces a poultry grower to clean their house. So if, say, for example, you purchase a litter, and unfortunately you did not ask the grower, like when it was cleaned and it was a fresh litter, probably you are not going to get a lot of nutrient value out of it. The bottom line is, If the litter is in the house for a longer time period, the nutrient content, especially nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, goes up. So with every every flock of chicken raised, the nutrient content keeps keeps building up. Uh, 
So it's always a good idea to buy a litter uh, which is older, uh, that has stayed in the poultry house or chicken house for at least two years. Other than time, is there any way growers can test it to see how much uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, and other nutrients are in there? There are no rapid tests, unfortunately. Um, They have to, growers need to understand that they need to uh, take a composite sample, pull out a representative and composite sample and send it to a soil testing laboratory or an animal waste laboratory and get the nutrients analyzed before even they plan to apply. I have seen uh, instances where, uh, you know, the litter came back like less than 1% nitrogen, uh, 1.5% phosphorus, and maybe 1% potassium. That litter is probably not the best. I mean, it's going to cause problems if that litter is applied in, in, in a cornfield uh, you will see that the corn field will turn yellow pretty quickly because there is not enough nutrient in, in that kind of litter. But if if you tested litter and you know for sure that the litter has 3% nitrogen or 4% nitrogen, um, then you, you have a case exactly that how much you are putting in with the amount of litter that you applied. So... And we just had Audrey Gamble on uh, in our, our last episode. But so you can send just to campus here at Auburn to the normal soil testing lab your your poultry litter. Yeah. And okay, that's good to know. Yeah, you can send to the Auburn soil testing lab, and there are some commercial labs as well. Uh, they also test the poultry litter, um, and they can test there as well. And And when they test, are they giving you the percent available to the plant? No. Um, most of the commercial lab, they tell you the total, you know, the total nitrogen or phosphorus or potash. The available part is a tricky one, and that varies quite a bit. And it varies between the soil types. It varies between the environment as well. Um, the work that we have done um, where we are trying to understand that how much of the total is truly uh, available and we see quite a bit of variability. Like, say, for example, um, in, in North Alabama, silty clay loam soil, uh, we have seen up to 37% of nitrogen present in the litter is released and is available to the plant uh, within the first 30 days after application. Um, with phosphorus, we have seen up to 21%, and potassium, we see up to 86% uh, of the total potassium is available uh, within the first 30 days application after application. But this entire number changes if you move from like a silty clay loam soils to a fine sandy loam soil. In, in sandy loam soils, we have seen uh, one, up to 22% of nitrogen is available within the first 30 days. Uh, 61% is available, uh, 61% of phosphorus is available within the first 30 days, and almost 85 to 92% of potassium is available within the first 30 days. So in nutshell, we see that most of the potassium, like almost 90% of the total potassium is available to the plants within the first 30 days. Nitrogen availability is highly variable, and that depends upon the soil type, uh, the weather conditions, and of course the pH. Uh, pH is a big one. 
So if you want to get the maximum benefit from the chicken litter, uh, especially the nitrogen, uh, if you surface apply it and then uh, incorporate it either through disking or if uh, by rain, if it can be incorporated, you preserve uh, or reduce the ammonia volatilization losses. Um, there are some other research that have looked into a subsurface application. And in fact, uh, the USDA ARS, they have developed a subsurface applicator where they inject the litter around two to three inches uh, deep in the soil surface. And they have found the maximum benefit, the nutrient benefit from such, such kind of litter application. Uh, typically, litter is broadcasted. Uh, but when you broadcast, you are kind of spreading it thin in the soil versus if you are concentrating it near the root zones. So if you concentrate the litter either through a subsurface banding or even a, through a band application, I mean, I don't know of any uh, uh, farm equipment that can do like a surface banding, which are commercially available at this stage, but uh, USDARS are developing some of these uh, equipments that can do a subsurface banding. And, and research says that concentrating the litter close to the root zone um, provides the maximum benefit, nutrient benefit. All right, Rishi, as we wrap up here, and a lot of growers are getting ready to plant and maybe think about fertilizer, what are your top tips for growers who are using chicken litter in 2022? Yes, my first top tip is the growers should not completely rely on chicken litter to meet their nitrogen demands. Uh, they should be thinking about doing like a split application. We have done research on cotton where we applied two tons of chicken litter as a pre-plant application. And then at first square, we applied um, of ni um, nitrogen fertilizer ranging all the way from 25 units of nitrogen to 90 units of nitrogen. And what we have found is 55 units of nitrogen is the best rate at the first score stage. So this is the right year if, if producers are planning to cut down on their fertilizers and still they are planning to use chicken litter, my recommendation would be to use litter uh, two to three weeks before planting. And when they go, and when the crop reaches the first score, they can come back and apply around 55 units of nitrogen through any commercial fertilizer. In corn, uh, we have seen like, uh, if, if the grower is applying two tons of chicken litter um, as a pre-plant application, uh, they can apply 125 units of nitrogen at the V6 stage. And in, in a common terms, we refer it as knee-high stage. And that's where we have seen that the yield peaks out, meaning we have not seen any further we have not seen advantage, uh, yield advantage of applying more than 100 to, uh, 125 units of nitrogen at knee-high stage. So this year is the year where fer where fertilizers needs, uh, if, if, if prices is a factor, and definitely it is, um, they need to uh, cut down uh, fertilizer at the first square for cotton and at the, at the knee-high stage for corn. Um, so that's the game plan that should be there this year if you are planning two tons of litter as a pre-plant application. And so I think you kind of hit on this a little bit before, but say we do have some folks who are 
going to try getting chicken litter for the first time. At the end of the day, they need basically some kind of a spreader to get it out, and I'm sure they can use any normal spreader that they use, and either some light tillage or rain or an irrigation or something to get it incorporated. And they don't, you don't necessarily need all this fancy stuff to get it, you know, knife it down in. We just need to get it spread out right. and get it in the soil. Absolutely. And make yeah. sure to ask your source how old the litter is because the older the better, correct? Right. Older the better and make sure that you do send uh, the litter for testing and get the numbers because you need to know how much you're applying. You know, don't just believe or rely on uh, just looking at the litter and saying like, man, because salt and sugar, they both look same, but test mm. different. That's really good advice, Rishi. Do you have anything else you want to share with our growers today? I guess like uh, I have covered uh, all of it. And yeah, I mean, uh, if, if, if any particular grower has any questions specific to litter, they can reach out to me. And we're, we're always, you know, during the season, we're putting out our newsletter where we try to get information out. Uh, I don't know if you use any social media or anything like that to, to put things out if you want to plug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a Facebook page. We call it as uh, Alabama Animal West and Nutrient Management Facebook page. And that's where we post uh, most of the time on any of the research update that we have or any new topic that we would like to uh, tell yeah so check out uh, you know uh, Alabama Animal Waste and Nutrient Management Facebook page it's a big one mouthful one but it's it's difficult probably a great source for information especially Absolutely. for some people on the first time well thanks so much for joining us today thank you for hosting me yeah this was great and as always thank you to our listeners uh, we appreciate y'all uh, tuning in hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue to bring good timely information as we go into season two of the Alabama Crops Report podcast And as always, if any of us can ever be any help at all, please uh, let us know. The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.